Hi, welcome to Joy Score, offering tips and tools in health, fitness, and mindfulness for your personal journey. I am your host, Ellie Lund, and I am delighted and honored to have a conversation with Kelly Hanwright. Kelly is a graduate of Tennessee Tech University and author of The Locust Years. She's a poet, teacher, and dog trainer living in the beautiful Smoky Mountains. She believes in self-exploration and expression of its results as a powerful tool for healing and strive to pass this concept on to her students. Her book is forthcoming through Amazon and you can find a description for Kelly's contacts in the podcast description. She is, uh, if you wanna look her up on Facebook page, you can just look her up as um, www.facebook.com Kelly Hanwright, H-A-N-W-R-I-G-H-T writer. All right, Kelly, welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Ellie. Good to be here you. Awesome. So Kelly, uh, last time you talked, you mentioned that you had a beautiful poem. I read it and I just want to share it with our listeners. The imagery in the poem is just fascinating. And um, one of the things that we're doing today is we're actually diving into how creativity can bring you joy. And this is a part of a series on creativity because it just has such an amazing connection with enthusiasm and joy in your life. So I was wondering if you can go ahead and read the poem to us. Sure. Um, this poem is actually included in my Locust Years memoir that you mentioned. It's called White Rabbits. And as I looked to the looking glass throne and kaleidoscope fashion flew by like meteors, all hard ice bursting into constellations, fragmenting against a wall too tall for this world, when suddenly the clock was striking 12, white rabbits raced in all directions, wishing for power to rewind, seeking phantom gloves. Wow. So how do you, as a writer, get to that type of imagery? Can you tell us some of the things that you do to kind of like get to that place? Well, one um, major technique or the style that I write in to get to a place like that is stream of consciousness writing. Mm -hmm. And I go there through various inspirations. I just try to turn off my mind a little bit and let my subconscious bring words and images that my conscious mind isn't able to grab. So um, a thing that I do a lot, I look at abstract art. I'll look at abstract art to kind of try to bring up images that then I can put the words behind. And then I just kind of kind of float away and let my pen just carry me. But um, an inspiration I frequently look at Salvador Dali's art, like the melting clocks, which is probably not the correct terminology, but everybody knows those like dripping time pictures with the mm -hmm. clocks draped over everything. And time ends up being a theme in my writing a lot. Um, we mm -hmm. saw it in White Rabbits. And then music, I'll use music and just grab um, images or ideas or even maybe rhyme patterns. Hmm. So I, I remember using stream of conscious writing when I was teaching creative writing to my middle school students at Rogers. And um, it is such a liberating type of writing because you're not constricted by 
any type of um, structure or anything. You could just let your thoughts flow. And I always tell my kids, like, just write whatever comes to your mind, even if it doesn't make sense. Have you experienced that? Like, even if it doesn't make sense, and eventually something will come out in terms of a, a line or description that you can hold on to, to kind of like elaborate, tease out and kind of develop. Oh, yes, I would say that's true. Um, absolutely. It's my favorite type of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it's a relief um, to be able to get those words and images out. And honestly, Ellie, um, some of my most, I don't know, I'll say successful for lack of a better word, poems, poems that I don't really have to go back and revise a whole lot. And that's just me. But the first um, poem I ever had published professionally called Future Memory, also part of the memoir set, uh, is published in the Birmingham Arts Journal. And uh, it was a stream of consciousness too. And I barely did anything to it and sent it in and they published it right away. But um, it's, I feel cleansed after <laughs> after I write. It just is freeing. Like you said, there's no pressure on it so you just kind of let it flow and then you can breathe when you're done yeah you know I really relate to you as an artist because when I approach a painting I experience a very similar kind of situation um, in terms of turning off my editor so like inside your mind I find that sometimes there's an editor who has a specific picture or something that they're trying to achieve but once you get caught into it, it kind of really blocks you. But for me, when I start painting, it's a completely free experience. I turn on my flamenco. <laughs> it's like a Spanish music. Oh, I know what flamenco is. My mom yeah, flamenco. Right? I love flamenco. And I turn on flamenco and I just blast it and just like really kind of like become one with the singer. And even um, in the in the in the strokes of my of of like the paintbrush and stuff like that, like I can kind of like mimic the dancers' kind of like movements in it, and just um, like you said, it's a very liberating experience. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the way you find it liberating and kind of like just freeing. And so um, once I. I don't know, I wouldn't say, I just discovered stream of consciousness writing for my, myself, probably got the idea from a college course, because I went back to college around the same time, and I remember us talking about stream of consciousness, but once I tried it, it just took off, and like, my mind could grab all those nonsensical images, and patterns, and thoughts and threads and throw them together and when I got done and turned my conscious mind back on it made sense or I could make it make sense one that I've had to edit a little bit more is the one at the very front of locust years um it used to be called kite slaying and I can't even remember now what what I changed the title to but even so I didn't have to do a whole lot to it because Uh, The only thing I had to do with that one was expound on the theme of liberation at the end where now I can move on with my life type of thing. But that's what it does for me. It just, 
if I couldn't get that stuff out, it would be so toxic. A friend and I were talking the other day. I'd probably have cancer, I think. Like, I just, I need to process that and get it out of me. So that's what stream of consciousness does for me. That's why it's liberating for me. Right. I'm, I'm hearing you say that um, part of the process that's so liberating is actually processing the feelings. And as a, as a painter, especially in the beginning stages of my painting, and if you can think of, you know, there's just typical stories of Picasso going through his blue period and his rose period. I think that um, artists or even musicians use like this emotive, nonverbal kind of like communication in art to yeah. process their feelings and emotions and kind of like get it through our medium, whether it's art, writing, music, as a way to let it go, you know, and just let it go and release it. And I think that in that release, there is that kind of like cleansing kind of feeling that you're talking about. But also, um, I don't know, it just makes art, you know? Yes, and people relate. People relate, and there's, there's a lot of other people dealing with things they don't know how to get out of themselves. So then the artists, artists are prophetic dreamers, I think. And so it gives other people insight to what's going on with them, what's going on in the world, how they feel about things. Yeah, I, that brings me back to a story of, um, it was my, one of my first shows. So I had my first solo show in my house. We have a Spanish colonial home and I put the art up, you know, when my spirit guide was the one who really inspired me to put some art and, I invited neighbors and friends to come and view the art and they purchased the art as well. And there was this one teacher who was pregnant and she looked at a, a simple, well, for me it's simple, but it's just a painting of an orchid. It's a little tiger orchid, a really bright yellow um, orchid and a fiery red a magenta crimson, actually a crimson background. And she just started crying mm. and I'm like, oh my gosh. But she really connected with the emotion in the painting in that way that you're saying. And, and sometimes that connection that we have with the people who view our artwork is just soulful. I mean, there's no other way of communicating it because there are no words. They just react to the art itself. The touch is something deeper than language. Yes. Beautiful. Um, Let's, um, let's back up a little bit. So you talked a little bit about what stream of conscious writing is for you and the experience and the impact it has. Can you tell me of um, times where you just have writer's block? Because now that you are, you know, you're working on your book, I'm, I'm curious about like, oh, like, do you have a moment where you're just like, can't think of anything to write right now? Um, well, every once in a while probably the most often i have that is when like i was talking about when something i feel so strongly about it that words will not come out but yeah. um i just go back to my methods i will lots of times listen to music just different kinds and depending on the feeling like if i feel angry um I will listen to rap, like gangster rap, like stuff from the 90s, or um, I wrote a poem, 
I got really angry at my mom's disease, but I couldn't figure out how to express that. And I wrote um, letter to schizophrenia blasting mask off by future. Um, I also really um, have gotten into collaborative writing uh, over this quarantine period this past spring, I got into Nancy Wu's uh, Rise and Shine workshops. She was posting, uh, we started them based on April being National Poetry Month, but it was really, really, really helpful to get in there with other poets and have a prompt. And she did some meditation exercises before we started, which were really helpful to just clear your mind. And then um, it was just a really accepting, no pressure kind of a place. And we went into it with everybody feeling that they were accepting of each other. And then we all wrote together and we got to share what we'd written. And it was helpful to hear other perspectives on it because you're like, yeah, I agree with that. That makes total sense. Or, hey, what a great image. And then it gives you ideas. Right. I feel very similar to you as I have joined various artist groups in Southern California painting, you know, the landscape or just even, you know, working at the community college in their studio. There is this one painter I wish I would have stayed in contact with. He was from New York and he painted abstract art. And I remember working from a photograph and he came by while I was working on my easel and he said, just use graph as inspiration. Don't recreate it. It's already there. Like, you know, just use it as inspiration. And I was like, oh. And then another thing he said was like, don't fix your mistakes. Just start over. He says, because if you start fixing your mistakes, you're going to get caught up in fixing the mistakes. And that painting is not what it was meant to be. Mm. So he just let me just start over and it was such a freeing experience i'm like okay so and that brings me back to another artist um who i collect work from here who used to actually paint for the hollywood scenes in the 1950s she said always have like a canvas where you can just play so if you're working on a painting and you you know you want it to be just so and you you don't know if you're going to put on that next kind of like color hue or line or stroke. Try it out on the canvas next to you where you can just play around and see how it works and then go ahead and insert it into your work, into your canvas. So like those, the power of being in a group to kind of bounce ideas from each other is mm -hmm. such, it's so fueling as a, an artist and writer. Yes, I agree. Totally. Um, you mentioned another group that you were working with at Chattanooga, I believe. Chattanooga Writers Guild, yes. I've been a member for, I want to say, over 10 years, probably 12 years now, almost as long as I've been in Tennessee, which is crazy. <laughs> and how had, tell me a little bit about that experience. Well, um, I've gotten a lot of inspiration from them. I've gotten a lot of courage as a writer. Like I write, you can probably tell 
just like I said, to process things, to get them out of me, but I may have never taken it further without the Chattanooga Writers Guild. Um, when I was in college at Tennessee Tech, I had a professor that, well, I worked on a committee that helped restore a literary journal there at the college. And the professor that was in charge of that, Dr. Christensen, would take us to Chattanooga where there is a free writer's workshop twice a year in the fall and in the spring for students or for anyone really. Um, and unfortunately I have forgotten the benefactor's name, but it's someone who set it up as their legacy that they wanted to leave um, for people. And so it's provided completely free and there's all these different workshops that you get to do. It goes over a weekend. And then on Saturday, you get to sit down in a group of, like mine would be other poets and there will be different groups, you know, and according to what you write, you get to sit down with a published author who has critiqued your work in depth and they get to talk to you about it. And I met a man named John Manoni and he's also, um, John C. Manoni is what he goes by. He's also a very, I don't know, elitely published author in my opinion, but he's even internationally published, won a lot of awards now, but he was kind of just starting out then. And he liked my work and invited me to some of the guild um, events and workshops. And there was a group called the Christian Writers, market or something um, back then and I went and so long story short I joined the guild now I lead that group um, but also it just gave me a way to expand my horizons as a writer and encouragement that sometimes you think as a writer you think maybe nobody's really going to care what I have to say because there's so many people saying things <laughs> out there and um, what could I really do but he encouraged me and the other guild members have encouraged me that every individual voice matters and you always have something unique to bring to the table and so um, then as he's grown as a writer um, he shared that knowledge with the rest of us and how to submit poetry and he will give me suggestions. He's actually been a writing mentor um, really for me. He'll give anybody who asks suggestions for um, who they might submit to according to what they write. He's just really kind of brilliant, but um, I have a lot of friends in the guild. I don't mean to make it all about him. It's just that for me, I guess that's how it all started, but I have a lot of friends that um, when I go to the critique groups, when I go to the workshops, it's just helpful. There's an open mic for like anyone who wants to come at the Hamilton Place Mall. And it's just helpful to have that sounding board space, to have that collaboration, to have those workshops available so nearby. And then you have, you develop a whole network of other writers when you're in a group like that, kind of like your painting uh, circles that you told me about. And um, you get to reach out to them, bounce ideas, share successes. That's powerful for me. Like when you get published, just to have people to celebrate with you 
like, hey, I published this poem and 40 people liked your post. And it's like, congratulations. It makes you feel like trying to publish another one. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, that is so awesome. <laughs> so, um, gosh, you know what? We have covered a lot of material and wonderful tips for our listeners to kind of explore the creative side in terms of stream of conscious writing and using it as a way to kind of like um, release and feel freedom of self and also communication with the deeper self. Um, also, we talked about um, like uh, opportunities to kind of like be creative when you're feeling a creative block, listening to music and just kind of like playing and dabbling with things and not being tied to the editor. And lastly, we talked about being creative in a group or, and collaborating so that we have a support system that will celebrate with us. So um, with that, Kelly, I just want to thank you so much for your contributions and hope to keep in touch with you and follow you on Facebook and see all the amazing things that you're producing, not only as an author, but as a teacher as well. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Ellie. I've enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys can follow Kelly on the description in this podcast. You can find your podcast, this podcast available on Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. With that, we hope to see you soon and stay connected for other ways of being joyful in our creativity.